Do you want to go down to a 40-hour week without losing revenue? If you're ready to let go of all the extra hours, the stress, the overwhelm, and the clients who hijack your time, consider my signature program, Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind. In it, we'll get your accounting practice under control. We'll fix your pricing problems. I'll show you ways to price so you stop giving away the farm so you bring in more revenue for the work you're already doing. I'll help you disengage the clients who are good people but are holding your business back and slowing you down. I'll help you package up your services and design them so they're easy for your clients to understand and choose from while helping you simplify and standardize what you sell. And we'll focus on making your messaging more interesting and compelling so you attract more of the kinds of clients you want to work with and break out of the hodgepodge of referrals trap. We get your prices up, we get your workload down. We standardize, we simplify, we streamline. And we do this at a pace that feels doable, where you feel confident in every choice you make. Prices up, workload down. Registration is open now. We start Tuesday, May 7th. Come with us. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to find out more. If you're giving them all this information that they don't see value in, they're not likely to say, sure, I'll go ahead and pay you this premium price for all this stuff that doesn't matter. They're not going to value the advisory relationship if you're not giving them something that matters to them. Welcome to the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and earn more. My name is Geraldine Carter. My guest today is Twyla Verhelst. Recognized as one of the top 50 women in accounting, Twyla is known for leading the charge when it comes to advocacy, change, and community in her industry and beyond. She's an experienced CPA, a tech entrepreneur, and co-founder of two successful companies, 2080, an advisory accounting firm, and Helm, a cash flow forecasting app. Now, Twyla brings her vast energy and expertise to FreshBooks, the market leader in cloud-based accounting solutions for small businesses, where as the leader of the Accounting Professionals Program, she supports forward-thinking accounting pros with the tools they need to thrive. Twyla Verhaus, welcome to the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. So we want to talk about your journey in advisory because you have an experience of advisory services in the firm that you started and ran and that you built it up and then have sort of gone through the phase of building it, running it and so on. And now you're to a degree on the other side of it. And there are a lot of people who want to get into advisory services, but it's so vague and they just don't have the clarity or the courage or the wherewithal to move forward on their own with what they currently have. So I want to talk with you about your journey and help our listeners learn from your journey. So let's just start with what was your impetus to building advisory services in your firm? We built advisory services inside of our firm really organically, <laughs> and we didn't call it advisory. I will say that. We, we didn't realize that that's what we were doing, which is this thing that now the industry dubs as advisory, but it really did happen very organically. And if I take steps back, I, I want to just share that part of that organic journey was I, I am a CPA 
but I truly am more of an entrepreneur than I am a CPA. I grew up in an entrepreneurial home. I became a CPA because I thought, I don't really know exactly what I want to do, but maybe one day I'll own my own business. And understanding accounting and finance would never be a miss. And I also thought it was job security. I thought, I'll just become an accountant so that then if I start a business and it goes under, I can always get an accounting job. It was my backup plan. And my, my career kind of unfolded in, in a variety of ways and took a, a, a meandering path. But when I got into a spot of having an accounting firm with a business partner of mine, we did start with some of the more traditional type of accounting work, which was some corporate tax returns, but was also some of the bookkeeping that went along with those tax returns, the financial reports that went along with those tax returns. But because I was entrepreneurial, I was and, and I don't love tax and I don't love tax planning and having those conversations. I actually caught myself in this spot where I was more comfortable talking to our clients about their business operations than I was about their tax returns. And so it, it, that was the natural kind of organic progression. And part of that thinking became not what does my client need, but instead, what does this business owner need? And those could sound the same, but they're actually very different. When you think about what does my client need? Well, my client needs what they signed up for inside of my engagement. They signed up for financial reports. They signed up for tax returns being filed. They signed up for me telling them how much do they owe for taxes. Uh, that, that's what the client needed. That was what was inside of the engagement. If you change that to what does the business owner need? Then you think more about, sure, they need all those things, but those things aren't what keep them up at night. Those things are what they consider the necessary of running a business. And maybe what keeps them up at night is, how will I pay for the tax that Twyla tells me that I need to pay? They might think that, but then that becomes cash management or cash flow forecasting more so than filing a tax return and telling them how much they owe. So if you think about it more from a business owner's perspective, then it gets you inside of just this different thinking of what can I do to support my client? And that journey to going from providing bookkeeping to tax returns to this exploration of what does the business owner need really just happened organically inside of conversations and supporting our clients in our firm. Great. And I want to stay right inside that tiny bridge right there from what does the client need to what does the business owner need and that it happens organically. There's so much in there for a CPA who wants to also make this transition or bring more advisory into their firm. Talk about the kinds of conversations that you would have with your business owners. I think a lot of CPAs go into conversations thinking they have to know everything and they've got to be the pro. Tell us what those conversations sounded like. It's making sure that you don't feel like you already know what your client needs. And I think, you know, if I kind of look back to where did I become the best advisor? Because just because we started to do advisory in the beginning doesn't mean we were good at it. Uh, it. It was a journey like anything. And so even that is probably helpful to know is like, you don't have to be good right day one that you start this. You have to explore it, especially if this is outside of your comfort zone, just like anything. And when it's outside of your comfort zone, you're probably not going to be the best at it day one. But you you need to start somewhere. And if I was if I was thinking back to when we became probably advisors versus good advisors, it was then recognizing that I don't know 
exactly what my client needs. And I, I always have this philosophy of being a good advisor isn't about having all the answers. It's about asking all the questions. And of course, you are inside of an engagement where your client is looking to you for professional advice and your financial expertise and your accounting knowledge, but they're also okay with you answering their, their statement or their question with, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to go on this exploration with you to find out the answer to that and us then have better information for you to run your business. And so it's really just asking more questions because where I would say that we went wrong with advisory in the early stages was we recognized that, okay, we want to think like a business owner. We want to give them what they need as a business owner instead of just the deliverables inside of our engagement. But then we made assumptions around, well, they must need cash flow. They must need a five-year forecast. They might, like We started to just fill in all these gaps for them or, or, or think that we knew exactly what they needed when we didn't necessarily ask enough questions at front, up front in the early parts of our journey, because we didn't have enough information to make the assumptions of, we know exactly what you want. Because every business owner, although there's a lot of similarities, they're each facing different stresses of running a business at different times. And different industries can make that happen. Different stages of their business can make that happen. Different cash flow can make that happen. And so it was really understanding the more information that I have that's beyond what I can see in the data, in the, the financial data or the financial numbers, the better I will be as an advisor. So it's turning around and turning the tables to say, all right, I'm sure that client, you came here to ask me all this, these questions. I actually have a bunch of questions for you. And the questions aren't, do you have this receipt? Was this a capital purchase or not? The questions are more around, why did you start this business? Even understanding that is super insightful. Did they start it because it was a passion that all of a sudden they realized could turn into a business and here they went, uh, they found themselves inside of a business? Or was it because they got laid off and now this business needs to feed their family? Or is it a passion project? It, I'm starting this business because I want to be able to employ other females or moms who are trying to have a, a flexible working environment. Like there's so many things inside of that very loaded question that can make you a better advisor and give you information to better support them as a business owner. And so asking the questions is hands down the, the number one thing that I think creates a better advisor and a valuable advisor to your clients and that business owner. Excellent. I love that. And I love the piece about why did you start this business? Because people want different things out of their business. Some people only want a side hustle and they use the money for vacation and to support the kids' school. And some people want to grow it and sell it. And some people want something to pass down to their kids. And some people want something that's going to fund their inheritance. I mean, their um, retirement. So like you say, there's so much value in that question alone. And listeners are probably asking, give me a few more. So I'll give you my favorite question, which seems so obvious, but it's something that we don't always ask is what keeps you up at night? What is the thing that you wake up at two in the morning? Cause we know that running a business is stressful. Everybody, we can all agree running, being a business owner is stressful. So what is it that keeps you up at night? And it could be something that they come back with. It's like, 
I'm trying to decide if I should buy from vendor A or vendor B. And it could be something even non-financial related. Vendor A is located here and logistically it's easier to get the goods from there, but they don't have as good a reputation. So there could be something inside of what keeps them up at night that, that you're thinking, well, I'm, I know finances, I know accounting, I don't have the solution for that. Then you ask them the next thing, is there anything else? Or, or you ask them, if you go back to that vendor example, is there a difference in their pricing? Is there a difference in how much it's going to cost you to get those goods to make the product that you're selling inside of your business? So everything comes back to a dollar sign at some point. It either comes back to, I don't know if I can afford it, or I don't know what difference it makes in my profit margin, or you've got the overambitious client. I, I love these ones that are like, I'm going to expand to six new locations and I'm going to diversify my business and go into this line of, of, of product. And then you can be like, all right, pump the brakes a little bit. Let's get some financial information to go along with that to make sure you can grow to six new locations or that it makes sense to diversify your product lines. And so that's my favorite question is what keeps you up at night? The next one I would say beyond that is where's your business headed? Where do you want to see your business in, gosh, I used to say in three years, five years, 10 years. Now we can, inside of this pandemic, it could be in 90 days, six months, 12 months, because things are moving and changing so quickly. But I've had people uh, tell me that that was a decision, part of their decision matrix when they were finding and searching for a new accounting professional, that the accounting professional actually asked them, where do you want to go? Because as accounting professionals, we have such a history or such a, a, a knowing of let's talk about last year. Let's talk about what these mean, uh, these numbers mean. And now more than ever, those don't matter <laughs> because so many things are moving so quickly. So instead of, of thinking about what, what happened last year, that can still be the foundation of information to pull from and work, work from. But where are you going next? And if you start with the why, why did you start this business? Then you go to right now, what keeps you up at night? What's your biggest stress point that I could provide you with some insight, some data, some financial information, some, some metrics that would help you feel alleviated from some of that stress, like knowledge is power, right? So help you feel alleviated from that stress that you're feeling right now. And then where do you want to get to? What do we need to give you with, for financial information, insights, forecasting that will help to set you up for success for where you want this business to go? Yeah, I love that. Those are three great questions. So what patterns emerged from the answers to those questions that you could say a lot of our advisory, once I understood what the business owner wanted, we tended to give them these two or three things. Truthfully, it tended to come back to cash flow often. And I even I shared this earlier around, uh, you know, a stressor can be not so much, is my accountant going to file my tax returns to tell me how much I owe? It's going to be, will I have the money to afford to pay the IRS on time? And so whether you're talking about growing the business, whether you're talking about sustaining the business in this environment, whether you're talking about 
going back to the why in terms of I'm trying to feed my family or I'm trying to build up my retirement or I'm trying to set my my business up for resale. Cash flow plays a very, very key role in that and is often one of the things that the client will say, I'm, that's what keeps me up at night. Can I, will I be able to pay myself this month? Can I afford to hire my next employee so that I'm not working 80 hour work weeks forever? Can I afford to expand to a new location? That comes back to money and forecasting is great. And, and you know, that five-year, 10-year forecast is, is insightful, but if you don't have enough cash today, what happens in five years won't matter. And so a lot of times it came down to the core of their business, which was how much money's coming in, how much money's going out, does timing, where does timing play into that? Because we see business owners who are like, I got a bill, I got to pay it. It's like, well, you have 30 day terms and you have payroll due on Friday or payroll due next week. We've got to manage this. And if they're in a growth phase or in a new business phase or in a trying to manage through a global pandemic phase, dollars in and dollars out are really important. And your business owner or your client is probably trying to do this in their head if you're not providing it for them. And so that can be kind of the epicenter of conversations, because as I mentioned, most of these conversations come back to dollars at some point, even if they started very operational or very outside of a financial wheelhouse of conversations. When you pull back the layers and get to under the hood, it does come down to dollars and cents. Can you afford to do this? Can you afford to pay this person or this vendor or to expand or what have you? So cash flow uh, certainly became a primary piece of that advisory. What extent we did cash flow um, that varied because you know we had one of my clients was a vet and the immediate cash flow wasn't a concern. In fact, it was more so a case of why are you holding this much money in your bank account right now. And meanwhile, you're, you've, you're trying to buy a new house for your very large family and going about that by getting a mortgage. Like even just things like that, that the 10,000 foot view on that can really help with, with those conversations. But how you deep you get into cash flow depends on the needs of the client, where they're at, what they're trying to do, what was their why, and then kind of building from there your advisory practice that that then can build out further, like the, the five-year plan, the strategy planning, that sort of thing. But if cash flow is not intact and taken care of first, those other conversations won't matter. Yeah. It all comes down to cash at the end of the day. I love that. So what are some of the bigger sort of mistakes or oops, I wish we hadn't done that, that you experienced along the way that you think might help listeners avoid duplicating? The first one I I shared already, which was around, I didn't ask enough questions. I made assumptions that I knew what was important to this business owner. And when you make assumptions about what's important to the business owner and your assumptions are wrong, it can do two things. Number one, it can, it's a waste of time. If you provide them with metrics or data or insights that they really see no value in, even though as an accounting professional, you can say, I know this metric for your type of business is super important. If they don't deem it as important, you could be wasting your time and your energy and your resources on giving them information that's not helpful to them. So time, efficiency, and then second to that is 
they're not likely to pay you for it. If you're giving them the, all this information that they don't see value in, they're not likely to say, sure, I'll go ahead and pay you this premium price for all this stuff that doesn't matter. They won't do that. They're, they're not going to value the advisory relationship if you're not giving them something that matters to them. So not asking enough questions up front created that. I, I There were so many times that I can think of that I was, I was thought that I was doing everything right for my clients. I was giving them so much information and all these insights. And gosh, if I was in their shoes, this is what I would want to know. I'm not them. And how I see information and understand information is also not them, which was also part of the learning, which would be my second kind of mistake is then once you know, here's what they need from you, make sure you give that to them in a way that they understand. And sometimes that's breaking it down in terms of we like to talk accounting jargon and we don't even know we're doing it. We like to come across as very professional. We feel like our clients have hired us to be a professional. And so then we create this language that we're very familiar with that they are really intimidated by. And I learned inside of advisory that I can be intimidating. Gosh, who knew? I'm five foot three. I, as you can probably hear, I don't have a big boisterous uh, uh, speaking tone and yet I could be intimidating just by the way I talk to them. And if you want to be a, an advisor that has an ongoing advisory relationship, you need to be very unintimidating. You need your client to pick up the phone for everything that they're considering in their business where a dollar signs attached, which means nearly everything, which is why I'm a fan of flat fee pricing, which that'll get us down another rabbit hole. But nonetheless, you have to be very approachable and very human in that relationship in order for them to trust you in that advisory capacity. They'll trust you that you know what you're talking about when it comes to tax and all the things that they are very unfamiliar with because they think, well, you're talking big terms, you're dressed very professionally. I, I, you must know what you're talking about. Versus if you want to talk advisory and operational, you got to speak at their level. And you have to present them with information that is digestible to them. I was presenting a cash flow forecast to a client who was very tight on cash. In fact, so tight on cash that I, I actually had advised them, you should unengage with me. Like we should go our separate ways right now because you're, you're paying me a lot of money for this advisory relationship and you can't really afford it. And so they were extremely tight on cash, but they didn't want to lose the advisory relationship. We'd created a client experience that we, our, our value proposition is create a client experience that they can't live without, which means when you try to convince them, we should go our separate ways right now. It's a tricky conversation. But I was presenting them with the cash flow that was extremely tight for a good year inside of a spreadsheet that made perfect sense to me. We would have these conversations, please time these payments accordingly. Don't pay anything early, otherwise you won't be able to make payroll, et cetera. It was that tight. The next thing I know, they would cut a check for a vendor that we had talked about paying in 30 days. And I, I couldn't understand that. I was like, what are you doing? You, I'm sharing this with you on a weekly basis, yet you're going against it. Finally, one day inside of the conversation, I realized they don't understand my spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. 
here I am thinking I'm doing, and it was an extensive spreadsheet. I'm thinking I'm doing so much work for them. I'm doing them such a good service. Couldn't understand why they would go against my plan. And it was all because they didn't look at a spreadsheet and understand it the way that I did. They were very, very visual people. They needed a graph. And we all know like the, the language of a graph is if it goes up, it, it should be good. If it goes down, it probably is bad. And so once I presented it to them inside of a graph, then they got it. And they stopped doing these crazy things that made my cash flow blow up and I'd have to start over. And so understanding what matters and then how they receive and understand information best was key because I was creating all these things and doing all these things that were a waste of time. They didn't necessarily see value in was not helping them make business decisions, which was what was my primary goal inside of providing advisory. I was missing it. And so I learned that the hard way. <laughs> I love that story because I, I, that'll speak to so many accountants and CPAs who sometimes tear their hair out when they say, you know, I give my clients advice and they don't implement it and they get frustrated and they think that their clients are don't, you know, they don't know what they're doing and they're idiots and so on, which they're not. I mean, they're, people have different levels of understanding and the piece that you've said in there about giving people information in a way that they can understand it, it makes all the difference. So this has all been super helpful. If you had to give just a couple of pieces of advice to people who are sort of right on the cusp, on the precipice, if you will, looking over and they want to start, but they're nervous, hesitant, the risk kind of makes them nervous. What would you tell them? I'm going to share two pieces of advice. My first one is the simple saying of start with one. And what I mean by that is it could be start with one client. It could be start with one piece of advisory. It could be start with one question. It, it's just not feeling like this is an overwhelming adventure to try to get advisory inside of your practice when advisory hasn't been part of it because it will feel uncomfortable and it will be kind of weird for your client who's like I didn't I didn't even know you would want to ask me these questions and you care about what I'm going to share with you because we've had the relationship that looks like this before and so Starting with one is a piece that I, I truly embrace that in, in all areas of my life. But I think it's really important here because we think of advisory as something we're not doing and it's this big journey and, and big piece of your practice. It can be, but it doesn't need to start there. So start with one. And then second to that is coming back to what is it that I'm trying to do for my client and where can I provide the most value and give them the most support in being successful. And inside of advisory, there's some trickiness to that. I mean, if you think about cash flow, sometimes you can forecast out somebody's cash flow and you realize, dang, they're going to run out of money. And that's not a comfortable conversation. And where I was always able to get through that discomfort because I did lack some confidence when I started into advisory. I was like, what am I doing? Do I even have the, the knowledge and the expertise to even have these conversations and give this level of advice? And what I would do is that when I learned something about the client that was maybe a little bit uncomfortable to share, I would come back to, what if I don't tell them? And so you can think about that same concept when it comes to advisory. It's like, we are so smart as accountants. We've got so much information at our fingertips, 
What if I don't do advisory for my clients? Could I help them be successful if I do it? Could I prevent them from a pitfall if I don't do it? And, and, or if I do it. And so if you think about what if I don't do it, or what if I don't share this, or what if I don't provide this piece of information, what sort of an impact does that have for our clients? And at the end of the day, we're all human. We probably got into accounting because we wanted to help others. There's this underlying accountants love helping others. And no matter what piece of the business you help, it's this kind of underlying why that exists in our industry. So if you want to take that deeper, then it would be, what if I don't do advisory? What if I don't tell them this? What if I don't share that? What impact does that have on their business? On the flip side, what if I do? What if I help them get to a new level? What if I prevent them from this pitfall? What if I prevent them from making a mistake? That can be a really deep why in terms of why do you want to venture into advisory? Why do you want to get outside of your comfort zone? Why do you want to try to reshape a relationship with a client that might be awkward at first? That can be a why that starts with the start with one or begins with the start with one. Let's start here. Ask this question. Let's start with this client. They're primed for advisory. Start there. Start with one and then think of the why are you doing it? What if I don't tell them? What if I do? What impact will that make? I love that. There's so much good stuff in there. And especially the what happens if I don't do advisory for my clients? Am I really serving them by holding back? Because I'm scared, don't know what I'm doing, don't know what this looks like, and all the you know litany of fears that might run through your head. This has been so helpful. Twyla, thank you so much for coming on the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you so much, Twyla, for coming on the podcast. Because so many people are talking all about advisory services, but so few people talk specifically about how to do it, I especially appreciated Twyla's perspective and tips for growing advisory. If you want to learn more about this topic, go back and check out episode 53, Adding Advisory Services and the Power of Niching Down with Tracy Jepson, and episode 121, Switching to Advisory Services Using Profit First with Rob Fonkannon, CPA. If you want to implement advisory services in your accounting practice, but you need something of a roadmap so that you know what path to travel and you don't want to waste time and energy wandering in the dark, check out my Roadmap to Advisory Services program. In this 30-day intensive one-on-one, we work together hand in glove to get you from wanting advisory services to actually doing advisory services. The end result is that you have your first two advisory service clients engagement letter signed. We work together until you have that result and you can have it in less than 30 days. If you're curious, check out the coaching options tab on my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com. All right, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Registration is open now, but it won't be for long. Go to GeraldineCarter.com now to enroll today.